just break it. Take it. Come on, shake it. What's up, everybody? It's no holla the podcast with Tunde and Super Lord Bow. You sound like someone that could sing, but that well, that can't sing and can't dance. I don't know one of those IG, one of those like viral videos where it was like sing dancing. It sounds like you're coming from my neck. Pause. Whoa! Wow. This is how we start 35. Episode 35, Know How the Podcast. What's going on with you, bro? Wow. Mm-mm, 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 oh, word. Mm-mm, word, that's how you feel, man? Hey. Yeah, yo. What's up? Happy New Week. Sounds how are you f- feeling? I am drained, but blessed. Th- that's what she did? Wow. That's what happened? Wow. Salute, salute. So, but the but blessed part just went over your head. You just went. No, I'm, I mean, I wake up blessed, so I don't even really think too. Blessed is just regular. It's just something you just. Yes, yes. Yo, from the womb, be. Well, I, as a child of God, knows mm-hmm. nothing is promised, so I'm forever thankful. Except for God's promises. I'm forever thankful. I'm always grateful now. For all the things he's done. We are thankful. Another bad singing song. Wow, that was crazy. No, no, no. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Offering time. For your protection. Thank you, Offering time, blessing time, people. Thank you, my So we'll start from the back of the church. Just thank you, going. Children, thank you. My Stop carrying one one dollar five and up. Children, no, <laughs> it's upstairs. What is wrong with you? At some point, so there has to be a cut of age. Guardian. Where is he? He's always by my side. One more time. A very big God by my side, by my side. Hey, <laughs> Fams. I don't know how, because you know, obviously, Christian songs. At some, it's new at some point, but they don't have like draft dates. When that song dropped in the churches in Ninja, it was a hit. I just want you to know that it was like, it was madness. Word? No, for real. I remember that I have a very big God song. So, like, bro. And then they had the, there was a move you do with it. Like, you, when you said, by my side, by my side. You oh, gotta, yeah, you put the hands on the sweeps. Got to sweep left, right. Gospel, well, gospel song drops, but like church, churchy songs. I feel like all the people that taught me those church songs, like they, in they, real life were the scariest people in my life no no but they don't have release dates you know what I mean like I don't know when that shit dropped I just know like after a while you just know the church song like shout out to the choirs that you know that release because technically they're blessing us, they they putting us on like shout out to all the choirs around the world that you know not I'm not talking about the the ones that you can buy on iTunes true yeah just the, the ones that you just know you know what I'm saying Hallelujah. Wow. Oh, like God. it is raining. Oh. You know? Nope, I don't know that one. All around me. Somebody knows that. Who is raining all around you? Uh, it's blessings. Okay. There shall be showers of blessings. And then go. Oh, Joey Boo. What? Oh. Do, 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 do. Come on, bro. Come on. I dust this. But now. Shout out to all the because they don't have drop dates, but we just know them things. And choir master should flex more when they when they put the church onto a new song, and then he starts flicking his right, like like you heard it here first. Hmm. This is what real gospel sounds like. 
You know what I mean? You know, you know who that is. It's true. You mean yeah. you read the back of the back of the congregation, like Funka. <laughs> oh, we about to get that new heat. <laughs> about to get that new what? <laughs> that new heat. That new what? <laughs> wow. 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 Word, somebody's favorite artist joining the studio. God. Isn't Kanye your favorite artist? <sighs> See, this is how rumors because we're talking about gospel, and I know you'd like. And remember, in 30 hours, the phone rang and he picked up. But the funny story about the lie you just said, right, is that none of that happened. One, but two, the special guest we do have this week actually has a very interesting connection to the church. So that was a great segue. I love what you're doing there yeah. with your segue. He's 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 a this, gangster. Oh, talk but, about it, but he also has his reverence to the Lord. Yes, so this is our like first big interview outside yeah. of, you know, my presence every chance you guys get. But yeah. Indiana's very own. Big up Indiana. Big up Indiana. Shout out to <laughs> Indiana. Big ups to Freddie Kane, aka Freddie Gibbs. Wow, we practiced that, bro. We practiced that for two two weeks. And it finally worked. But now, nah, shout out to Freddie Gibbs. We have an exclusive interview with him later today. We're going to segue a bit and talk Most about... You ever, written, you ever written one? Please respect sir, me. I'm just asking. What questions do you ask? No, I'm have asking. I ever written one? I've what? Ever, sir. What? What? Sir. What? Sir. Please. I'm a man of God. Thank you. I don't do, I'm partake in writing. Well, I, I don't even know what you this You are a going. nasty man. But we're going to take it to our country. You are. You deserve a nasty award. You're a nasty man. I'm, I'm a grown man. You're a grown right? man. Thank you. But okay. I, also a child of God. Oh, now you're a child of God. A grown I child. Me to me, but me. I'm a grown child of God. Does that work for you? Do me a favor, please. <laughs> Get out of here. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of hate between you and that soundboard. But I, I will rise like a finish. I can't, I can't wait till ice comes for you. Wow. <laughs> um, if you're listening, my passport is aqua blue. All right? Aqua Not, blue. So who made it? Uh, uh, Fordham Road? They made know, that shit? Well, not Fordham. I went, I went up north. <laughs> <laughs> Up north to Yonkers. <laughs> wow, you went to the uh, main streets. Yes. Well I know, you know. You smart, you smart. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but um, real shit, like seriously, we had bad news out of Nigeria. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like it's, I don't even know where we start. It's a it. reminder of the failure of standards when it comes to infrastructure and building um safety standards in that country it's really really sad not i thought we were just going to talk about one today and then we started the show and we got an alert that there was another one right another one no it's it's madness so obviously we're not on the ground we're not giving you some exclusive news we don't know the science or the you know whatever deal was brokered to keep something going that should have been demolished demolished yeah so we don't know that, but obviously money change hands. Like, you know, if you're, if you're sent to do something and so it's like, eh, don't do it. Like, obviously somebody said it's good enough as is. And it's just a lack of value for 
life, life yeah. not just and kids. You yeah. know, the defenseless, like watching on Twitter and Instagram ambulances, just and and not even ambulances, but people just like lifting people over their two heads. ambulances, like because there's so just sad. no, there's just a lack of order in that in that case. So, so we just wanted, to, I wanted to touch on it, and you wanted to touch on it. So it's just there's no solution. Obviously, coming from us, we don't know. There's, so, I'm sure they details. So, I'm gonna need you to choose different terminology next time. Thanks. Solutions? Mm-mm. What? You wanted to what? Solutions? Mm-hmm. We don't know. No, no. You wanted to do what? Cover the topic. That's not what you said. What I say? <laughs> you delete, delete all that shit, Peggy. What did I say? Guy, you said you wanted to that Busta Rhyme song. Drop. Mm-mm. Drop. Pop. Busta's not Timberland. That's the wrong, wrong guy. Busta Rhyme song. Daft Punk sample. Technologic. That's what you, you said. It. I said that? You did. I said this in the last episode. If you are listening, <laughs> run back. This is where you run back. Don't run it back. Just you, run you back. You hear them outside? <laughs> yes. They're outside looking for you. You hear the sirens? It's the sound of the bullies. Whoop, whoop. Um, they found you, Sha. I knew they were going to find There has to be better order. There has to like just be a lot more. Like, I think the punishment has to be greater without like some kind of care for status the wealthy, or, yeah. the status. You know what I mean? So it's just because now we're going to hear something. We're going to hear somebody's fine or it's going to scapegoat some random person. But it goes up. It's so much higher than it should be because whoever's in charge of this, whatever ministry or department, you know, is in charge of that. Somebody has to lose the job, and whoever pays has to also be, you know, held accountable. This is a fact. Yeah, so it's it's just something we wanted to touch a little bit. We're going to go straight into the interview, but this is, oh, that's that's why that's we wanted to touch the topic. Mm, thank you for closing your statement with the full sentence. Right. Very helpful. Right, I try to. You can't just be out touching anything, bro. You you just gotta be focused. Shout out to Papoos. <laughs> Yo, did you see that video where he was rapping about all the different? Yes, the, the logos and brands. Leave my guy Pap alone, right? Pap, no, Pap is talented. Pap gave us alphabetical slaughter. When he gave that up, I was like, "Yo, fams, this is gonna be the greatest human being to ever rap." I really think Papoos is single handedly responsible for all the kids, all of them getting stupid because he killed the alphabet. Wow, so they're like, let's just move. They're literally less smart because they don't have access to any of the knowledge anymore. You do, you can literally go back in time and look at all of the progress that children made up until the year Alphabetical Slaughter came out. But then he he did it backwards. He gave it back to them. Mm, But nobody listened to the second one. He made, no, because they had dyslexia. They had reverse dyslexia, so they couldn't decipher it. The drama king (sighs) is in the building. I don't need no Bronx problems. The drama king. Now, shout outs to Papu. Shout outs to K-Slay. DJ K Slay. Shout outs to Buffy the Body, I think it was. Sir, what are you doing? No, it was that whole crew. Remember at that guy. I don't want at that point. I don't want to have you know what I'm saying? Oh wow. Okay. I don't, uh, well, I don't, I don't know which There know, was a wave. There was a wave. I don't know which street guy these people are currently I'm engaged with. You know what I'm saying? I just go to church and go home, so I don't be saying nobody. Thank Jesus. But Thank um Jesus. Yeah, that was random, but <laughs> <laughs> Touch it, pink it, baby. Um, we wanted to just, you know, give 
our condolences to family and friends lost who lost you know what like i don't know if it was all kids i'm sure but it was mostly kids so whoever lost a child sibling friend cousin whatever it is we just wanted to you know express our condolences and just touch on this topic i don't know i keep saying touch on this topic what what this is all tunde by the way this has nothing to do with me nah because really just praying that you know nigerian officials start taking some of this shit seriously because it's ridiculous at this point it's just getting tiring to it's getting tiring to continue to you know having continue to have to send condolences for things that would not happen anywhere else right no of course dog did you see the the freaking college admission scandal uh, yes freaking yes yeah, what's, what's her face from the college admission offices and bursars everywhere dog you know how many times shout out to our big homie tyrone Yo, remember Wherever him? you from Howard. Tyrone Yo, from Howard. Shout out to the, the, DC, the DC legend. Bruh. How you take better Instagram pictures than all the girls that have time? Anybody. To, anybody. All the girls that know how to use Facetune. Mm. He was way ahead. That fur. I still remember. And then that freestyle we dropped. He didn't even use Photoshop. He used Photo Store. He was that in, invested Sm- in. Small shop. Small. <laughs> Man, them got stores, bro. <laughs> Small shop. Who guys are using Photoshop? Mm. <laughs> Photo place. <laughs> Adobe. Photo bazaar. <laughs> he didn't use Adobe. He used Adobe. Hey. Just sourced everywhere. Mandam said photo market. So let me just take picture and just add small seasoning to this thing. Just small. Just a little bit of small. salt bay. The words of my guy, small spiller. You see my wrist. Flick of the wrist. It's small spiller. <laughs> You don't say the health insurance to make a small split. Oh my goodness. Hilarious like that. Yeah, man, it's wild. I never expected to see Becky from Full House. Farms. Well, you know, what's it called? The the roosters have gone home to whatever our parents used to stay. Yeah, the roosters have gone home to roost now. Roost. There you go. The chickens have come God, home to There roost. you go. Guy, because you're eating too much fowl, you, they, you, they don't want you thinking I'm, about that. I've given, I told you what I gave up for Lent. I'm not going to say because you're going to scream pause. <laughs> I'm only eating fish. The fact that you knew shrimp, I was screaming seafood, pause. seafood only. If why I don't I, swim, why would I pause that? You did in the last episode. What? Exactly. Mm. You did in the last episode. Can't recall, but okay. Yeah. So, um, it was crazy though. Like just hearing it, we knew it was, You know, you you know how you know something's happening, and then you finally hear it, and it, the the. How do I put it? Just the way it all happens, the steps they take to make that happen from paying for the SAT test. Well, sending your kid to a th- therapist so that they could, t- uh, they could, ha- how do they say? They they would basically have to take the test in the private room mm. by themselves. It could just be like, oh, I'm dyslexic. Right, right. So whatever, the therapist would come up with that. So they pay for that. Um, and after they get the room by themselves, then they get a proctor that knows what's going on. Then, they rig the score and then they go to the school, you know, and then they pay the school or the coach to say that, okay, this person qualifies for um, a sports scholarship, athletic scholarship. Super wild. No, no, the game is fucked up, but it's just whenever you hear it, you're like, wow, I'd be forgetting how fucked up this world is. So that, that was crazy. And it's just wild because now people are always anti-affirmative action. 
Right. It's yeah. like let's actually show love to people who might, you know, qualify for this or might need this, even though they can't afford it, but they're coming from impoverished impoverished situations, coming from parents, you know, not having any background in education or just having degrees, whatever it is. So it's it's weird that people are against giving the minorities a chance, but people are okay with the legacy scholarships or the legacy admissions or the, what's it called? Yeah, legacy families. So, somebody paying for a wing mm. in this school and then now the they kid gets to go there. Or I know I know for a fact it definitely happened, um, uh, you know, where I came from. People, the legacy. Yeah, people definitely paid their way into things and, you know, you'd see some shit and you would never really, probably, you're not really in the position to, Say anything or do anything about right. it. Like you're just <clears throat> you're just a little mole in the in the grand scheme of things. So it's fun to watch people, you know, get in trouble for shit like that, but it's also just crazy when you think about how many people lost out. Even, you know, just the regular person, not necessarily affirmative action situation, like just a regular person losing out on getting into college because somebody else paid for it. Word. Yeah. We're not going to cover Auntie Becky too much. So now, we're going to debut the interview. Shout outs to... Uh, Are the vocals in yet? Um, what is... Yeah. What is I forgot our yeah. assistant's name. Uh, is um, that bad? No, we need to... We got to change his name. Yeah, we got to protect his... He doesn't have papers, so we have yeah, to protect so, his identity. What name <clears throat> do we give our assistants? Uh, so new. Who? Sonu. I feel like we have a Yoruba name wherever she's going. We got to go a different tribe. You're right. You know, we got to spread the love. Um, I don't think or I Or should we stay away from the big tribes? I don't think I know any host uh, names that are anonymous enough. Mm. Musa? Kamaru. Mus- oh, wow. You want to <laughs> give him the champ's name? Kamaru. How about Musa? Musa's okay. Okay, Musa, please. I bet. Can you check your email? Mm. No, no, no. Not your Yahoo. Not your Lycos. I was about to say, is Musa is a Yahoo user? No, I don't. A guy. I, please don't implicate us. I don't Gmail? know what Musa does. Hemerson. Excuse me. Dot uk. Whatever Musa like, does. Musa has never been to the UK and has a dot uk email, doesn't he? First of all, Musa definitely hangs around Covent Garden. I don't know how no. he got there, but for some reason. He gets mad packages from Mandem, I need you guys to realize may or may not who be an made Star. that comment. No, I'm just saying I've seen packages addressed to Musa from Covent Garden. I don't know exactly what they are, what's in them, but shout outs to Musa. Or should we just call him Moose? Big Moose. Big Moose. All right, shout out to Big Moose. Yeah. So Musa is his name. If you guys feel like you have a better name for our assistant. Yeah, we're not going to tell you his real name, but for now he's just Musa. Comment and we'll then... Yeah, Musa. We're, yeah, we're willing to change Musa's name. This is true. Musa, uh, can you do us a favor and uh, check to see if our guest is here? Okay. I don't know if Musa heard us or not. Mo- Big Moose. <laughs> you called me. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry, How do you have pet name for Musa? Okay, he's coming. He's coming. All right. No, so, no. yes. <clears throat> we're going to introduce you now to... Our brother uh, our from another brother mother. From the mother. From, no, from a 
another father, but the same motherland. How do you know? You feel me? You think same father, same mother? I would hope so. Same motherland, same motherland. I would hope so. Know? Father nation, mother nation. Oh. You see? Oh. No, father, father God. Wow. Yeah, you're talking to So time, time is your God. Yes, father time. And why are you always nature? late? That's the, that's the if thing. If time is your father, why are you always late? Um, Because I was spending time with time. That is the deepest shit I've heard in a while. Wait, just just let it take. Well Pause. Done. Shake my hand. Wow, I don't know what that Yo, was. Chill. That's <laughs> disgusting. Anyway. Yuck. Here is Freddie Gibbs. <sighs> Shout out to Freddie Gibbs, man. With Tunday. You're here, episode. You're here too. What are you talking about? No, this is a private interview. So, so you're not going to say anything? I'm going to record it. I'm gonna I'm hold the record button. Yeah, that's the, the most nice thing. Saf Freddy, how are you? Oh. <laughs> Good evening, sir. Uh, so you just you just double it. We are double into Freddy. Welcome. It's 2019. We're the balling. Welcome, Freddy. Check, check, yeah. check, check, check. Welcome everyone. Episode 34 of Know How the Podcast. How is everyone doing? We have a very special guest this week, the amazing lyricist. You want to introduce yourself? My brother. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Gibbs in this motherfucker. Hey, everybody give a warm round of applause for Freddie Gibbs. Turn that thing up. Turn it oh. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> cool. Feel that shit, nigga. You know I'm Nigerian, right? Oh, yo. See? So, like... A 98% lot of, Nigerian, nigga. Like, see? A lot of people don't don't know that yeah, about you, that. sir. Um... You know, uh, a few people that are listening now know you for some of your past releases. I mean, your ESGN uh, prowess. Mm-hmm. I got a deep catalog, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm really like a, you know what I mean? Like an underground legend, to be honest. Yeah, for someone that hasn't uh, signed a deal up until recently. Correct. It's very interesting that you've been able to penetrate a lot of the uh, spaces that a lot of signed acts in the hip-hop space have been able to uh, in the past few years. So we do uh, applaud your... Thank you. Your movements. I appreciate that, man. You know what I mean? It's just all about moving like a G and just, you know, uh, when you come in with the product, you know, it can't be denied. So it is what it is. It might not get the same amount of, uh, you know, sales or looks as, you know, a lot of the bigger artists, but they, you know, all these niggas know about it. I'm your favorite rapper, favorite rapper for sure. Boom, boom. Um, I've been following you since uh, the Two Dope Boys, Splash, you heard that new Misinfo era. So, right, the blog era. Shout absolutely. out to Shake. I think I feel like Shake is the one that introduced me to your music. Yeah, all this shout out on to the Shake. blogs. Um, if you can, if you can describe kind of how you got into music, for those that aren't necessarily familiar with right. um, your sound and what you're about, if you right. can give a brief background about your. Well, first of all, I'm from Gary, Indiana. You know what I mean, and uh, you know I say that to say this. You know, it's the birthplace of the greatest artist of all time, Michael Jackson. First of all. Um, but we definitely don't do the same type of music. But <laughs> I, uh, you know what, man? I had a, um, I had a, you know, a, a rough kind of past, and um, things weren't really going well for me in my life. And I just wanted uh, an outlet. When I first started making music, I'm gonna keep it real. I didn't even know that I was going to rap. Wow. I just had some homies, um, you know, what I mean, that was going to the studio. You know, what I mean, mostly everybody in Gary at that time that was like rapping or making music. Mm. Like, they was kind of in the streets. You Word. know what I'm saying? You kind of had to be attached to somebody in the streets because, like, it was, like, it wasn't no home studios or recording in your crib, and then you had to actually go to a real studio. You had to, it cost them money to be a rapper. See, being a rapper back then, I think, was more like, 
it was a harder thing to do. Absolutely. It was a more prestigious job. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, you know what I mean? I might walk outside and the nigga that's a janitor might be a rapper. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just like everybody rap now. Yeah. But back then, it wasn't something that everybody did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because it was a difficult thing to kind of get into. But um, yeah, I remember back then, like even just to get a record mixed and mastered right. would cost you a few... Like a few tens of thousands an hour. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For their time. For their time, right. Um, but that was also the time where labels were dumping their budgets on Correct. those types of things, so which imagine, isn't happening anymore. So imagine the cost for like a, a you know, just a street guy that's yeah. trying to just make independent records. That wasn't an easy thing to do. So, you know, these guys like, you know, that that, that were doing that, pressing those independent records and had that out the trunk mentality like Master P and uh, Three Six Mafia, you know what I mean? Those guys are, you know, they to be, you know, honored for that because, you know, we we and Gary, we looked at them and we was like, okay, maybe we can try to do those same things. We could do it, you know, with the independent mentality. You know what I mean? Because we looked at the E40s and guys in the Bay and, and stuff like that. So we was like, man, you know, ain't nobody looking over here at Gary to come sign us. This is true. You know what I'm saying? So we got to, like, somebody got to figure out something to make, you know what I mean, to stand out. Right. You know what I mean? I mean and uh, I most, was like, who's the most famous person uh, from your from your city? For those that don't know, Michael Jackson for sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> nah, Joe Jackson, nigga. <laughs> First and foremost, pops. Recipes, Joe Jackson. But um, nah. So like, uh, when I first start, you know, hanging around the studios and shit, you know what I mean? Because you know, when you're in the street culture, you know, you get you get around that in Gary. And um, I, I didn't know if I wanted to be a DJ, a mm. manager. Or, you know, I just knew that I had the a ear. Yeah. So I was just like, all right. So after like, you know, like a couple of months of, you know, hanging around my homeboys that was rapping and selling them niggas weed and shit like that and smoking. <laughs> and I'm like, man, y'all niggas trash, man. That's, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, man, let me, I could, if y'all could do it, I could do it. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, if this the measuring stick, uh, you know, what I need to do to get into the rap game, all right, cool, let me try it. And yeah, man, I just, it, glory be to God, man, I just excelled at it. You know, and I worked very, very extremely hard at it. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to be that guy in the studio that had the worst verse on the song. No, for sure. And what would you say um, has been very helpful in you connecting with the artists that you've worked with throughout your career? Like, what's been, like, uh, a strategy you've used to kind of build those relationships? If um, you can share any. You know what, man? Like, um, really, I, I feel like, you know, as far as, like, collaborations and uh, things of that nature, they just happen organically. Mm. You know what I mean? Um my my uh, motto has just never been to force it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, me and an artist, you know, do a song together, cool. If we don't, then it is what it is. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, uh, business-wise, a lot of times it makes sense to do certain, you know, things with certain guys, but it might not make sense music-wise. You yeah, know what for I'm sure. So, you know, it just, it's just got to happen organically, you know? Word. Um, so let's talk about your latest project, right? So... You've recently teamed up. I mean, not recently, because your last project, you worked with him as well. Um, one of my favorite producers ever, Mad Lib. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about that relationship as well? Like, how did you guys get connected? And what do you think set you apart to him that made him want to work with you as well? Because right. I know a lot of rappers have reached out to him, and he's kind of like, nah. Yeah, definitely. Um well, the relationship basically came from um, from Lambo and Egon's relationship. You know what I mean? Shout out to Lambo. Shout out to Lambo. He in the building. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Follow me around all week. I can't get rid of this motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so you know, Lambo. You know, he was working over at Stone's Throw um, oh, for a minute, with, and uh, with Peanut Butter Wolf. Yep, Peanut Butter Wolf, and uh, and you know, he's good friends with Egon, uh, mm. Madlib's manager or whatnot. And uh, we just, you know, 
really me and Madlib met at the do over like in 2009, way back. You know, oh, what wow. I mean? and we just discussed about, you know, doing some records, maybe possibly doing some records because uh, it was all based off Lambo's relationship and his goodwill with Egon. You know what I mean? And yeah. Madlib even wanted to fuck with me. So, uh, you know, but then, you know, once we once we really got to know each other, man, and like did a couple songs and then did a couple shows together, man, it was just like, yo, let's make a whole project out of this. That's really, amazing. it was the thugging video. Once I shot the thugging video, it was like, yeah, I mean, let's it, go. it was on every blog. I think that was one of the first visual visuals I've ever seen um, from you that popped off on the internet for yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, it was the, uh, I think, that video kind of, I, th- I think that video was a trailblazer. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, niggas wasn't shooting videos in the kitchen before they really like that. You know what I mean? Like, nigga, we was in there, we was in there cooking that motherfucking raw. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In that motherfucking kitchen. So it was like, it was a very, very vivid depiction of uh, basically, you know, a day in my life. You know what I mean? At that time, you know, and um, I was living downtown LA. I had, I had a nice little condo, all of that shit. And I was, you know, still hustling. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think um, the 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 feedback I usually get from from friends of mine in the industry is that you've kind of you've set yourself apart as like the Midwest. Um, you're you're there's not many artists that can really rap about the drug game and and like how how the streets operate the Correct. way you do mm-hmm. and with the cadence that you do. So I think you're in kind of a class of. You know, rappers like the Pushas and right. you know, and the Rosses that right. really paint the picture so vividly, where it's it it sounds so beautiful mm-hmm. when it's when it comes out that people forget you're talking about the drug game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you got you know, and that come from that, like that come from firsthand knowledge. You know what I mean? I don't think that you know you can really uh, you can't really fake it. You know what I mean? You put me, you you know, you mentioned those guys, the Pushas and the Rosses. Those are guys that I uh, you know uh, highly appreciate and admire. Um, for they, uh, you know, their lyrical skill, like you said, they make it, they make this shit sound sweet. You right. know what I mean, it's beautiful when they, you know, what I mean, when they do it, and um, it's seamless. You know what I mean, and it's just, uh, it's a real art to this shit, man. Like everybody can't talk this street shit. You know what I mean? That's why it's just like, I don't know, man. That's why I just, I just got such, get such a rush when it's like gangster rap, man. Because yeah. I don't know, I'm from that gangster rap era, I guess. You know what I mean? That's what really made me fall in love with Word. with rap. So speaking about. Uh the streets and your connection to the street. Mm-hmm. Um, would you ever move back to Gary, given that you've seen the success you've seen? Hell no. Nah. Why? <laughs> Hell no. Nah. Why would I do that? The reason I mean, why I asked is because, I've, I mean, I agree with you, right. but I've seen uh, some rappers always talking about, you know, when they get on, they'll never leave their hood and stuff. And then you see rappers that do follow that um, that mantra and they end up, Regretting that decision, whether you know. Oh no, no, I see. Or, I left the hood, but I ain't never left the hood. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's still my neighborhood. Like nigga, I can go, I can walk, I can lay in the goddamn street <laughs> in motherfucking Gary with a pocket full of money, and ain't nobody gonna fucking touch me. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, it ain't that. I, le- I I don't physically live there every day, nigga, because you know. I want, you know, better for my family and my children. You know what I mean? It's still a broken structure there. Yeah. You know what I mean? If the structure was correct and 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 up to the standard that I want to live at, then I could live there. Yeah. But, you know, I want to, you know, I want better for my family. And um, and like I said, I'm still in the community. You know, I'm still doing things for the community, still doing, uh, you know, charity work with my mom. You know, I don't do all that shit for the publicity. Mm-hmm. I do, I give back what, you know what I mean, to, to the causes and people that I feel that I want to give back to. And, and that's that. And, you know, like I said, man, I, Gary loved me, man. They welcomed me with open arms and they never, you know, I, I've never um, 
distanced myself from Gary. I've been repping it around. I've been carrying the motherfucking Gary flag around the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you can't do nothing but love me. If you hate me, you hate yourself if you're from Gary. But, you know, shit, nah, I don't need to live that 24-7 to have an impact on it. You know what I mean? For sure. So what what was the moment where you knew you had to transition to L.A. from Gary? Um, The moment I knew. Really, really, man, it was like after I... Uh, after I lost my uh, my uh, first deal with Interscope when I got dropped, I was like, you know what? I'm about to turn this shit up a notch, and I can't really be here because it's too much, too many distractions for me to, you know, really, really focus. If I really want to focus on uh, being a good uh, uh, MC or whatnot or being the best rapper, then I, I kind of got to put the street shit to a halt for a second. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and that was difficult because it was a lot of like. You know, you put your money to a halt. You're not making money off rap yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like, you know what? I gotta do. I gotta do this because I want this more. I want. I've definitely wanted this more than I ever wanted some fucking drug shit, nigga. I don't want to. Nigga, real niggas don't want don't want to sell no drugs. I know I make this shit sound fun when I'm rapping about it, but nigga, this shit is not fun. It ain't fun ducking the federalities. It ain't fun. You know what I mean? Getting pulled off fucking air, airplanes and shit because you want some federalist. It ain't fun. Getting felony stops, that shit ain't fun. Getting raided, ain't fun. Getting shot at, it's not fun. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's real. It's a part of the. It's a part. It makes me who I am. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, I, like I said, man, I, I wanted this way more than I ever wanted that. I ain't want that shit. Yeah. I never wanted that shit, nigga. I wanted to go to the fucking NFL. Yeah. That was I was that, just, was, the, that was, <laughs> was the next question. Is like, uh, if you could pick between, the, I mean, the lifestyle that you used to live versus the lifestyle you have now, not doing that. Um, which which was most seamless for you and why? But you pretty much just yeah yeah pretty much. I mean, <laughs> if I like like two chains, like rapper go to the league. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was, you know, I don't I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. But you know, um, hopefully it wouldn't be drug dealing, man. You know what I mean? Hopefully God would have turned me into something in some other kind of direction if it wasn't for this. And like I said, man, um, I got such a a vast knowledge of. Or or a good ear for this music shit, then you know I would have been doing something in music maybe if I wasn't rapping. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, w- and when I'm done rapping, I'm gonna continue to do something in music. I want to do like I want to be like La La Reed, well his executive shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I want to yeah, I want to be the head. Of, <laughs> I just use him because, but you know what I mean? I want to be you know what I mean in in, in that uh in that realm of uh in that executive world. You know what I mean? Because I think I could do it. I definitely had a, the the smarts to do it. Um, can't no uh can't no motherfucking executive A and R nigga go in the street like I can. This is true. You know what I mean. So they ain't gonna get the respect that I can get. Word. You know what I mean. And you know, shit, I can work the boardroom just like they can. So it is what it is. Who's been Who's been the most favorite collaborator of yours to work with? Um, wow. rapper or producer? Producer. Producer. It's it, it's definitely a toss up between Madlib, Alchemist. I love working with Alchemist. That's my man. That's my man. Um, mm-hmm. And I also, um, you know, I'm trying to think. Man. I feel like Al's been quiet lately too. I, Al ain't been quiet. Me and Al just dropped Fetty. That that is true. See, I mean, man. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Allen's projects. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, that done, was it, to me. That was tapes. that was an Allen project. Yeah. No. I you know what I mean? Like, if it, it wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't be that without him. So that, that 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 was definitely a project of his as well. It was a three way thing. It wasn't just me and Currency. People like to just be like, "Oh, Freddie and Currency." Nah, nigga. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That is definitely not just me and Currency. That's me, Currency, and Alchemist. Shout out to Alchemist. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. 
let's let's also talk about your relationship. Frank Dukes, my bad. Oh. <laughs> Fra- fucking Frank Dukes. Hey, I love you, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like he definitely one of those guys that I love to work with too. You know what I mean? Like he's uh he's amazing. You yeah, know what I mean? Frank is interesting to me too because um from what I understand, Frank is the one that like created his own like sample pack and right. sampled himself right and made it sound like he was sampling 80s and 70s vinyls in his tracks he's a beast man he's a beast i swear i swear he is boy wonder i gotta shout you. i gotta send you some love too you probably produced my favorite song of mine that i ever did uh fucking up the count word you know what i mean so I, you know I, I love boy wonder for that um and it's a lot of guys man you know every producer that i work with man i feel like we definitely uh mesh well together from you know uh, you know, my, my close homies like Pops and uh, my homies from the colleagues, all, all kind of guys, you know what I mean? My boy, you know, in-house guys, my boy Rich, yeah, like everybody that I work with is, is definitely a good uh, energy when we get into that. Yeah, I'm glad you ran through uh, uh, a, a list of notable names, but are there any like underground or unsigned um, artists or producers that you've been watching or that you've been I've been working, working with? with? Yeah. yeah, definitely, man. I got some guys that I've been working with uh, as of late, and it's going to be, uh, it's definitely going to be some uh, things that's bubbling on the horizon. Me and Lambo about to, uh, you know, launch our new company and uh, really get to it and really get to like pushing these artists and, uh, you know, just going in a, a whole new creative direction. You know what I mean? Shout out my homeboy Kyrie from my neighborhood. You know what I mean? I'm about to, uh, you know, really get uh, get the grinded with him this summer. You know what I mean? He from Gary. Um, you know, other than that, man, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm about to build it up. You know what I mean? So uh, I got some definitely got some things in the works and some artists that I'm working with, though. That's great. Yeah, you talked earlier about giving back and um, initiatives that you do to um, kind of, you know, give back and be charitable. Mm-hmm. Are there, aside from, I know your family has, um, some connections to like um, religious organizations and things like that. Are there yep. other um, like nonprofit things that you've you've extended yourself into? Uh, me and my mom, we do this uh, school supply drive every year. We've been mm-hmm. doing that, and uh, that's been working out. That's pretty pretty much been my main way of giving back. Like uh, uh, my mom, uh, she uh, gets the uh, you know, it's a lot of children in Gary that don't even. I like pens, pads, and, you know, shit like that. The tools you need to be a fucking student. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, should be like a third world country sometimes. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, my mom makes sure um, that, you know, the parents that can't, uh, that can't afford to, uh, you know, get school supplies for the kids, that everybody has, you know, book bags, pencils, pens, right. all kind of shit like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, shout out to my mom. My mom's a great woman, man. I love you so much, mom. It's like, you really, you, you really raised some great children. I'm a Gibbs. And turn up. <laughs> um, if you could give any advice to artists that may be listening that have seen your success and maybe uh, are trying to understand how to like cross into certain spaces that you've been able to cross into, um, given your experiences, what are some some things that maybe if you could go back, you would have done a little differently to achieve a different, a, a more positive result? Um, let me see. Uh, you know what, man? When I was young, I had an attitude, so I was really, <laughs> I was running around here fucking a lot of people up. You know what I mean? With my attitude, it's just like I don't know. Maybe I think that maybe I was a little bit too menacing and taking like you know the street shit and all that shit a little bit too serious in the beginning because like, bro, I'm, I be chilling and like nine niggas like, oh man, you funny and all that shit. I'm like, bro, I always been this way. I just, <laughs> I probably never, you know, show my full, you know. Uh, my full palette of uh, how I am to people. You yeah. know, I probably, if I could change one thing, that'd probably be, I scared a lot of motherfuckers off. But 
other than that, I wouldn't I wouldn't change shit. Shit, I did it my way. Like Frank Sinatra, goddammit. You know what I mean? So like I feel like I think that man, you know what? The the biggest advice that I can give to like an artist coming up though, man, is uh, shit, one word, adapt. Mm. You gotta know how to motherfucking adapt to the game. You gotta know what the game wants. If you wanna build a product, music you gotta understand music is a product. Mm. So if you wanna sell this product, you got to understand the market. Word. You know what I mean? You got to understand the market of what you're selling, who you're selling it to, you know what I mean? The demographic of people that you're trying to reach. You know what I mean? You got to know what they like. You're not just making it for yourself anymore. You know what I mean? So you got to get off that old garage band ass shit and, you know what I mean, and, and, and really focus on building a fan base. You know what I mean? But and, and when I say adapt, I mean, like, okay, if you look at the span of my career, like, when I first came out, like, nigga, it was like blogs and shit like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So I done went through the, uh, the the blog era. I mean, really, but even before the blog era, it was the era where you couldn't even get on if you didn't have a record deal. That's facts. So I, I, I've been through that. I've been through the blog era, not as streaming era. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's different tactics that needed to be used in each of those areas in order to succeed, especially on the independent level. That's a fact. So, you know, I, all I can say right now is adapt. You know what I mean to the game, from to the technology of the game, to the uh, you know the the the, um, the demographic of the game. Who's listening to the music? Who wants it? Who's buying it? Who's streaming it? You gotta know. You know you gotta do your research. You know what I mean this just can't be some shit where you just getting high and making music. No yeah, more. absolutely. We, we have to uh, take. Our, um, we definitely got to be better businessmen in this shit. I agree, and um, I'm glad you brought that up because I mean I've seen throughout your career you've used very creative marketing tactics in order to captivate your audience, um, right. and, and it always <clears throat> caught me um, by surprise only because I knew you were independent, and I was like, "Yo, how? how what a budget? Where's this budget coming from? You Drug know? budget, nigga. You know? <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Like, where's this? But no, because all the time artists artists reach out and they're like, "Yo, how can I market this better? And how can I promote this better? And I'm like. You're, you're talking about marketing and, and, and promo, but you don't have a budget. Right. So, like, I always recommend people to be realistic with their budget first. Correct. Definitely mm-hmm. be realistic with your budget. And if you have access to investors or people that are willing to bankroll you or, right. you know, I wouldn't, I'm not always going to advise people to take out loans that they can't pay back. But nah. If you have access to funds, however you have access to them, you know. Or if you got access to that crack, whip that shit up. <laughs> And fuck that nigga, cause he ain't gonna he gonna want more than what he gave you. You I always gonna. Be. Meet me. <laughs> I never took a street bag from no nigga. None, no nigga. I never took a street bag from none of these niggas, man. None of these niggas never gave me a bag, and I and I ain't gonna even lie to you. It was it was a, a time where I wanted to go to one of my big homies and be like, hey man, help me out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the nigga looked at me like I was crazy. You know what? Cause, yeah. cause he ain't believe in my shit. Wow. So you know the nigga rather give me a brick. Then help me with the fucking rap. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to flip and do what I got to do. And then, you know, so I even said a line on my uh, new album. I was like, man, this is how we feel to wake up and you don't owe nobody shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like every day, this is how it feels to wake up and you don't owe nobody shit. Can't nobody say, oh, man, I gave him this. I did that. Nah, none of that, man. You do it on your own. Feels way better. So I, I love how this is rolling naturally. So, I mean, I've spent some time working at major labels. I've worked with independent labels throughout my career as well. Um, the question that, or not the question, the topic that comes up, comes up a lot when I um, talk to certain major artists and indie artists is the topic of blackballing, right? Correct. So 
can you explain to the listeners what the concept of blackballing is and have you do you ever feel like you've ever been blackballed oh yeah definitely definitely i'd have been blackballed banned you know wow. what I mean? Like, it's this shit. It's still some buildings in New York that I can't even go into. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Blackball is blackballing is pretty much blackmailing you. I mean, not blackmailing you. Blackballing you. Blackmailing you is holding someone over your head like, hey, nigga, I got these naked pictures. <laughs> blackballing you is like going and telling everybody, Don, don't fuck with this nigga, making sure that you um, are um, basically phased out of, the, you know what I mean, with whatever industry you're trying to get into. And, you know what I mean? When you got people that... That, that's in positions of power that you piss off, sometimes that can happen. That's you know wild. what I mean? And, you know, you kind of got to, like, fight through it. And, uh, yeah, but I've definitely been blackballed, blackmailed, you know what I mean? All of that bullshit. But, uh, you know, I never let it stop me, man, because I knew that, like you said, people got to realize their budgets and realize, you know, what you're really working with. I knew that my product could compete on the level of the top shit. Mm. So I was never worried about that. You know what I mean? I just knew it needed a platform. You know, and that's that. And, I, you know, until I got that, I was just going to keep working. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do see evidence of it happening with, with certain artists, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's never overt. Right. It's always done, like, behind the scenes. It's always done yeah. behind the scenes, but it's just, it's so blatant, though. Like, when they do it, it's just like, yo, man, like, I like it's like radio, like radio stations I can't even go into to this day. And I'm like, damn, my nigga, like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? So... And, you know, it could kind of hurt your career, you know what I mean, when you're a very opinionated artist and, you know, if, you know, I let them, them motherfuckers know from the gate that they wasn't about to, you know, mm. tell me what to do, how to do it. Uh, you know, I always, you know, but I always had a, a, a boss mentality, you know Word. what I mean, even when I came in the game with no leverage, you know what I mean, when I had to take fucking $30,000 advance from Interscope. Wow. You know what I'm saying? When I had to take shit like that, you know what I'm saying, to... <laughs> Just to even get my foot in the door. You know what I mean? I still had the mentality like, fuck that. I'm better than this. I'm bigger than this. I'm better than this. Fuck that. Word. You know what I mean? Because I knew my talent level. And Word. I never slept on myself. Speaking of speaking of deals, what's the highest offer you've ever been offered as an artist? The highest offer I've ever been offered as an to, artist? To sign a deal, yeah. This shit that Tunji gave me. <laughs> <laughs> Shout nah, out to but, nah, People that offered me more, but it wasn't. It, it definitely wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? Like, just because somebody offer you a million dollars or a couple million dollars to, it doesn't mean that it's always the right situation. Because, you know, I could have took money a long time ago from somebody and then been in a fucked up situation. Sure, and there's a and, few and there's a few and, that we know of. Right, and to this day, I could have been not been able to put, put out my music how I wanted to or move freely or not even make no money off, you know what I mean, shows or tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I know some cats that, you know, took, uh, they got some big-ass advances. But they don't. They can't monetize themselves. So that makes that that's again leading into another uh, topic that I wanted to discuss with you. I know you've seen what's been going on with the whole De La Soul situation. Yes. And how they're not able to put their past classic work on streaming platforms. Yes. What's your take on on that? Mm. I was I, I was actually talking to Noriega about that when I went on a uh, drink champ. Shout out to Noriega. I um uh, <laughs> I think that um. You know what, man? I think that a lot of like, like, like I was speaking of before, it was er- it's eras of this game. They were in an era where they signed like archaic type of deals. They didn't anticipate streaming. Yeah. You know what I mean? When De La Soul came out, nigga, we you know it's gonna be a Spotify. Absolutely, it's like I, it's like back in the day when yeah. our kids had dial up and we didn't know them. Exactly. Yeah, we didn't know it was gonna be Wi Fi. You know it's what I mean? No so, so I mean, somebody knew though. 
<laughs> you know, just not the common. Yeah, just not the the motherfucker that was making the product. Sure. But, but the but the the powers the, that be, the did. powers that be, they knew, of course. So they was like, yeah, sign this and blah blah blah. Ooh, yeah. don't worry about nothing. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, this streaming money started rolling in. They're like, you didn't negotiate that, yeah, so yeah, we own yeah. it. Exactly, we own that. You know what I mean? But that, but like I said, that's an archaic type of deal. That's a caveman Geico type of goddamn deal. You know what I mean? Like you have to. Those are things that you have to restructure. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, music contracts got to change. Like, shit, NBA contracts get restructured. NFL contracts get restructured. So, you know, right. you got to restructure the music contract to fit the the technology of what it is today. Sure. You know I, I mean? agree. Or oh, it's just not fair. You know what I mean? Uh, shit. I don't think a lot... I don't think De La Soul is not the only ones oh, that's definitely not. dealing I mean, with that type I of shit. Kanye comes to mind, too, with his old EMI situation that's going on right now. Right. Um, I mean, it's wild. I think there's a lot of artists that... They signed, just like you said, they signed deals and they don't anticipate what's what the next wave of, uh, of, of you know. Shout out, I mean, I don't feel sorry for Kanye. I got on a pair of that nigga's shoes right now. I don't feel sorry <laughs> for that nigga. Shit. <laughs> fuck that. I got on a pair of your shoes, nigga. What the fuck? <laughs> I give a fuck about you getting out your contract, man. That's so funny. So All yeah, like a motherfucker, man. You just, met, <laughs> you just mentioned um, s- signing... Signing to keep cool earlier, so let's let's yes, dive into yes, that a little yes. bit. Shout out to Tunji again. Tunji, my brother. Tunji Balogu, keep cool. What's good, man? What's good? So, <laughs> how, t- talk to me a little bit about your relationship with Tunji. I know you guys go way back. We go way back, man. Tunji, um, uh, I, ever since, I think I knew Tunji ever since I moved to Los Angeles. Like he was just running around rapping and shit, man. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. I was like, you know, he's a. He's a real lovable guy, man. You, you know, um, absolutely. You know, he's a uh, he walk in the room, and you know, it's nothing but positive energy, man. And um, I ain't never been around an executive like that. You know, there's, there's a lot of these niggas be like egos. They try to act like they harder than the artist. Like Tunji is, you know, what I mean, Tunji's just a great guy, man. Like I, I ain't never heard nobody say nothing bad about him. You know what I mean? And I, you know, shit. And if I do hear a motherfucker say something bad about him, I'm going to slap the fuck out of him. But, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just lay like. On, the, lay him on the back like, oh, you're, let's, let's not slap him. Let's, <laughs> let's not do that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, let him know I'll slap the shit out of a motherfucker. <laughs> I know you slap the shit Straight up. up. I just realized there's, there's been a couple of executive niggas that done got choked and slapped Jeez. up. But don't play with me. I am me to me. Don't fucking play with me and don't play with Tunji either, nigga. Nah, but, uh, <laughs> don't play with anybody. Don't play with us. Um, yeah, so talk to us a little bit about how the deal came along. I know you guys have known each other for a minute, but like, um, what, like was the, what was the it was, ter- turning it, point from you? Yeah, from? what it was, uh, you know, Tunji had been doing this thing at, uh, I think, at Interscope and a couple other places or whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's, been, he's been putting the work in uh, while I was putting the work in, too. So, um, and, uh, you know, he... He he did some big things in the industry, man. Some real big things with the, the Bryson thing and a couple other things as Absolutely. well, man. The nigga, the nigga taking it to the Grammys, you know what I mean? So, you know, when he got in a position that he could, you know, help his friend out, that's what he did. And, you know, shit, he, you know, that I love him for that. You know what I mean? Because he didn't have to do that. He could have been like, nigga, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Shit, I got a lot of homies in this industry that I'm not business partners with. No, that, you know what I'm be, saying? It'd be like that. And it'd be like that. And they don't want to fuck with you on no business or no shit like that because maybe they feel like it'll fuck up your friendship or whatever or y'all won't be the same or whatever. It's cool. People, it's have, some diff- people, people have different yeah, motivations for yeah, things. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a you know, gray area with that. Some people don't like to cross. I get it. And I understand Some that. people just aren't good at managing their friends or like, you know what I'm that saying? That too. Like, I, I find a lot too with what I do. Um, 
at Spotify. Like there's a lot of people that I've known in this industry before I got into my position. And the question is always, hey, can you help me do this? If I know it's beyond my power to help them in that case, mm-hmm. and if I let them know, hey, this may not be an opportunity, but we can try to explore other ways. Right. A lot of, even if they're your friends, sometimes they take it like personal. Yeah, you can't take you it know? personal, man. And, and that's the thing with like like with me, Tunji, and, and Lambo. Like, man, we 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 got to be blatantly honest with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Transparency is very important. If something, yeah, if we got yeah, you got to be totally transparent. If something's not going to work, we're not going to force it. And I'm not, I can't be mad at them if you know what I mean. They can't like if I'll be like, nigga, I want two. Big ass zebras, you know what I'm saying for the video. If I'm they- not offended by the zebra statement. You are, you are also African. So. I am African, definitely African. <laughs> and my album theme is the zebra shit. So, hey. you, know, so, you know what I mean? You feel me? So if I wanted two big ass zebras for the video and they can't get them, it's just it is what it is. I'm not mad about that. You know what I mean? And, big Tunji flying all the zebras. Yeah, but Tunji gonna give me them goddamn zebras. I ain't even tripping. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, you know consult the zebra people make it happen mm-hmm. word so i'm excited for your project coming out i think Thank uh you. most most of the people that i've talked to that are aware of your presence in the music industry are excited for your project coming out thank you man i really appreciate that because i've definitely been working hard on this and you know it's been a grind to get to this point i think that um 90 of guys that is in my position they would have quit already oh absolutely and some have yeah there's not a lot of rap there's not a lot of rapper producer duos that can put out one body of work it be successful and then decide to do it again mm-hmm. um and have go from being an independent duo to now being a major back duo correct um so if you could explain a little bit about the singles that you've already released oh <laughs> it sound like I dropped a clip. Um, there I are dropped no uh, weapons in the studio. I there know are, New York City police don't come fuck there with. There are no weapons in the studio. But uh, the first track that we put out was a uh, flat tummy T, and uh, you know, um, basically with that record, man, I just was. Uh, it was just like a, you know, just me raising hell lyrically. I just wanted to just go in just. You know, balls to the wall and just just kill kill the track real quick, just to show that motherfucker, just to wake motherfuckers up mm. real quick and be like, yeah, nigga, I still got that. You know what I'm saying? I still psh, heat the track up real quick. You know what I mean? And I mean, but that it was never a question. But I just really wanted to go in on that. And with um with the bandana record, man, that was just some that was that was a joint that uh we had did with Assassin that uh I was just like, damn, I think that was one of the first shits that I recorded. You know what I mean for the uh, for the record. So you know, do you want to play some of it so some yeah, of the fans we, can? Uh, yeah, we can play. Let's play flat tummy to you real quick. You know what I'm saying? We got this new. Okay, we got this new new thing. <laughs> this new new thing. Oh man, you know what? Yes, yeah, play that thing real quick. Nigga, poison flow, I send a 
tummy tea. Crackers came to Africa, rabbit raffled and rummaged me. America was the name of they fucking company. Gold body, my jeweler, he black mummy me. I be out in these bitches stumbling like flat tummy tea. Crackers come to Africa, rabbit raffled and rummaged me. America was the name of they fucking company. So there's a lot of um, interesting moments in that record that, yes. that are uh, definitely calling cards. So you mentioned um, you mentioned one of your nicknames in the verse, mm-hmm. Freddie Kane. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about how Freddie Kane came about? <laughs> uh, the Kane shit came about. I don't know. When I first started uh, rapping, I was gonna call. I was gonna at first my name. I was gonna call myself Young Cocaine. <laughs> I, I can see why you decided against that. Lambo's like, thank God. I don't think that was gonna be very marketable. So, you know. <laughs> So I just kind of just, you know, kept a little bit of that, you know what I mean? That's like a little nickname or whatnot. Plus, I be singing like Eddie Kane from the Five Heartbeats. So I just mm. put it together, Freddie Kane, okay. you know I mean? Kane Train, Cocaine, you know. It's just, you know, another moniker, you know. Awesome. Freddie awesome. Kane, Freddie Gibbs, Freddie Jackson, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie Pendergrass, Freddie Del Negro. You dig what I'm saying? I got 10 passports, baby. <laughs> You sound like a Nigerian scammer, dog. I am. I am. I'm not. Hey, look. Now, since I learned I'm Nigerian, I'm about to start scabbing, nigga. Wool up, nigga. Wool up, wool up, wool up. Just wool up. That's funny, man. Um, So that, and then in the chorus, you mentioned um, America's relationship with Africa, right? Correct. So do you want to dive into that a little bit? Because I know that we've been talking a lot about your relationship with Africa and how you started to tap tap into your roots and right and you've done the ancestry stuff so i like how your lyrics paint that picture as well without yeah, being definitely. you know so i mean you know what man i want to I, I gotta touch on some of that stuff because you know what i mean i gotta it gotta be a little just like you know pimp c always said like yeah we talk about all this party and drugs all of this type of shit but it has to be some type of social commentary within the music we got to deliver something yeah in the music that you know uh that jogs the mind a little bit and make you think about something other than you know just having fun and and, and shooting and selling drugs and shit so um you know uh, i'm i've always been a big advocate of uh you know black history and, you know, and just overall black progression, period. Um, I'm a Muslim, you know what I mean? And I, uh, I uh, you know, I rock with the Nation of Islam. Shout out to Mr. Uh, Minister Tony. Uh, shout out my brother, Reza Islam, you know what I mean? Uh, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, you know what I mean? I get a lot of teachings from those guys and, you know, it definitely uh, gives me a, a, a good balance and a, a, a real sense of who I am, you know what I mean? And it's, Things that I could pass over to my son, you know. Right. That's great. So, do you want to give us the second single and explain? Yeah, definitely. Bandana. Let's go to that. Hold Boom. On. So I, I like that. The that's the title track. So I, I like the fact that that record has picked up on socials as well. I feel like I've seen I've seen more people talk about Bandana than I even saw people talking about the Pinata Project, which is really interesting to me. Yeah, I was a huge fan of that project. Not just the. The, the the original but the instrumental project that came out after mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of people that were surprised that Madlib released that as well but yeah. I feel like a lot of people collected both I think that you know what I mean uh, Madlib and Egon are like genius at um, putting together those vinyl packages and mm-hmm. stuff like that man that's why it's just it's so great you know what I mean so it's great to work with them you know what I mean because they they totally like different than me and Lambo mm. so it 
it just it works perfect, you know what I mean? Word. Because we kind of opposite, so but we the same at the same time. Word. All right, so yeah, go ahead and introduce the second single off the project. next single off the project is Bandana featuring Assassin. Here we go. Boom. Chorus doing uh, is that a sample? Is that um, nah? That's that's Assassin, reggae legend. Okay, assassin. shout out to Agent Sasko over there, yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Killing it. Killing I love it. yo. I, I like that you have a lot of um, artists that um, are influential in different cultures. Correct, and you've you've aligned with a variety of them to put a f- like most of your projects together. Yep. Um, who who are some of the features we can expect on the project coming up? Uh, on this project I'm not gonna ask you To play uh, What I hope The third <laughs> single Which is my favorite Record off the project I, I won't even say Who the features are on it Because the world I done already yet. gave it away man. You have I don't know I, I said it earlier I said I did it Well Oh like, no you did You did I didn't I didn't say You right <laughs> I did I fucked up again You see You did not AKA, I did not Don't even If you listened before He didn't say anything Don't I worry I didn't say nothing yeah. Alright um, But I really hope Y'all make that The third single I, I, I think we are that's my, I told you that's my favorite joint. Well, um, if y'all do plan to do that, when can we expect for that to come out? Um, uh, probably April. Before, okay, before the album comes out, very cool. right before the right before the album comes out. I won't give any uh, clues away, but I I will say that it is definitely going to blow a lot of people away. It's definitely going to blow a lot of people away. Like um, I didn't. When I started making this project, I didn't want any features at all on this shit. I was I like, I don't. Want, I was like, I don't want any features. I don't want to do it. I don't want no features. And in an era where so many artists are putting uh, out literally tracks right. that are laden with featured artists, right? I, I I find that commendable that you're not only able to hold hold your own right. on your own projects, but people actually look forward to you holding your own. Correct, own exactly. And it's like you know. Like just like what I did with uh with Freddie, I didn't have any features on that. Mm. You know, I was in a zone like it was summertime. I wanted like trap drums all day, all week in the car, all summer long. So that's why I made that tape. I made that tape just so I could ride to it, and people just <laughs> end up liking it. The Fetty thing, you know, that came right after that, and I, I just made that because I just wanted to do something with Alchemist. Uh, you know, before I slid into this album, but I mean. Man, I'm just, I, I just feel like I'm on a roll right now, lyrically. I feel like I'm the best that I've uh, ever been. I feel like I rap better than I ever rapped before. 
You know what I mean? So salute. So let's talk about your uh, your new discovery, your new uh, your, your new journey to discovering that you're a Nigerian. Yeah, man. I did look, bro. I did my ancestry.com, and then it came back. It came back with who? Ninety-eight percent Nigerian, brother. Look, it, it, look. This is what it said. <laughs> it said ninety-eight percent Nigerian, one percent Benin Togo. Okay, shout out to Benin Togo. Yeah, and they're one, right next door. Yeah, that, that's it. Might have been the same country anyway. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. No, you bring up a great point. Before colonialism, literally that whole area that you just mentioned was Yoruba land. So my people are the Yoruba people. We literally stretch from Nigeria all the way to like Benin Republic Togo, even that's through crazy. Ghana, right? So I think it's really interesting. It would it would it would mean that you know maybe we share the same ancestry. Hey, we we probably do, brother. And the other one percent was like Native American or something like that. I know my grandma was light skinned, so I think she. <laughs> Indian. That's the Indiana. Yeah, that's the Indiana. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's you know um, you know I'm really excited to you know learn more about uh, African culture and stuff like that, especially Nigerian culture. Now that I know that I'm Nigerian, I want to. Um, you know, kind of, you know, really, really dive into that. My auntie used to date this Nigerian nigga back in the day. This nigga name was Brian Njokola. Jesus. I used to ask that nigga about African shit all the time, and that nigga didn't <laughs> never want to tell me shit. He'd be like, nigga, what do you, what do you want, He nigga? probably didn't know anything. It seemed like he knew some shit. All I remember was that nigga telling me, he he told me, I was like, because I would ask him, I was like, you, what, what religion are you, you know, since you uh from uh, Nigeria? He was like, um, he said that his family was from some tribe called the Igbo tribe. Yeah, the Igbo. So Igbo Christian. The, Yor- yeah. the Yorubas, the Igbos, the Hausas, Fulanis, those are like the three, four major ethnic groups that are commonly found in Nigeria today. Oh, okay. So I, I'm the Yoruba people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're typically found in the southwest side of the country. The Igbos are the south, southern easterners. They're like the eastern region of Nigeria. So, I mean, once you said his last name, I, I already knew he was. You know <laughs> yeah. um, but basically, you were trying to find out a little bit about the culture. He just didn't have anything to offer you. He didn't. Oh, he didn't want to tell me. I was like seven years old. That disappoints me because I feel like I, that. And that's what I hear a lot from from my friends, like my my uh, most of my African-American friends who have given me similar stories. Like they've done what they can to try and um, learn about you know, people from Africa and the African people they speak to are just not interested Bro, in educating that, that them That is all. true. I'm going to keep it real, man. My first year of college, like, I was trying to, like, you know, connect with the, you know, the African brothers on the campus, and they did not want to fuck with me at all. And I learned that when I was in jail in Europe, you know what I mean? Like, this is a crazy story. Word. Let's so, talk about it. All right. When I was in jail in Europe, you know what I mean? I'm in the, uh, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, African cats, Nigerians, a lot of Nigerians actually, because you know a lot of them niggas was coming up through Europe, uh, doing smuggles, the smuggling shit, uh, drug teens, drug teens, Le- doing illegal fraud, right? Fraud, cart, retags, all kind of shit. Wow. So when we was going, to, when I was going to court every week, you know what I mean? When I, while I was locked up, you know, we'll be in uh, or going to see my lawyer. We're all. Uh, that's when all the African guys would be in a cell with me because for the most part, they separated all of us. Mm. They separated all the black people that was, I was the only the only American black person in the whole prison over there. That's wild. So, and they definitely separated us, separated me from the other black guys and basically, you know what I mean, put us, you know, in, 
in, in in situations where we were in like ten man sales with all white guys, so you know we would never you know mm-hmm. link up or you know so it wouldn't be no. Is it because they knew you were an American versus being around African? I think it was or? just being black. Period. Yeah. They wanted to separate all the black people because so y'all couldn't link up and it could never be no revolt or no crazy That's shit. That's wild. You know what I'm saying? But um, well, we did get a chance to get together, going to uh, see our lawyers and stuff like that. Like you know, they'll see me and they you know they'll talk to me, but it was real. Closed off, and they be like, uh, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll talk about like our, um, our uh, charges and shit like that. But other than that, when, when I like try to go like deep, like yeah, man, so what, you know, you know, what part of Africa are you from, and blah blah blah, and you know, trying to get familiar with everything, they'll just be like that. That part of the conversation be shut down. I find that so interesting. But yeah. but and this how I got and and, and it's crazy because one night I went to my cell and I was sad about that. I was like, damn, my nigga, like these niggas won't even. I can't even couldn't. I'm I'm over here with on a bullshit charge around all these racist white people, mm. and I can't even connect with my African brothers that's over there. I can't even connect with them. I'm really fucking alone, and you know this is how God worked though, because mm. I got switched cells, and they put me in a cell with an African nigga. Do you know where he was from? He's from Nigeria. I don't know exactly where. I, his, I, I'm gonna tell you his name is Akpan Love. You know, if, Akpan Love, if you listening to this shit, man, I got I got love for you, homie, because you helped me. You know what I mean with my uh, case, and he he really helped me. I ain't gonna say get adjusted to jail and no shit like that, but like <laughs> over there. But he helped me like he he made things a lot easier for me because he he helped me get a new lawyer. Denny Lambo, he helped me get a a new lawyer because he was like, man, the lawyer you got is okay, but you know you. Use my guy, add my guy to your team, and you definitely walking the fuck out of here. And I'm like, nigga, how you? What the fuck are you talking about? Word. You know what I'm saying? And like, it was times over there where my um, commissary wouldn't hit for a long time because it was coming from America, and that nigga gave me razor blades, lotion, all kind of stuff. He, it, it was the opposite of what I had been feeling about. You know what I mean? How Africans felt about us. He like, he really showed me love. That but the nigga, he he got out of jail before me. Came back to jail to visit me. Wow, nigga, I'm not going back to jail to visit no nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just got out this, like, not that quick. You know what I mean? I'm talking about. He told me when he was walking out of. He said, "Man, I'm gonna help you with your lawyer, and I'm gonna come back to see you next week." I'm like, "Damn, my nigga, you gonna come back to this place and you been here for fucking, you know what I mean, a year or two, whatever." But Akpan Love, man, he showed me. You know what I mean? No pun intended, but he really showed me love and he helped me with the lawyer. The nigga just, you know, he he was a real one. And that was like, I, that was my first uh, taste of like uh, uh, African. Reciprocal. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, damn, you know what I mean? So that really all the, the mentality that I had before, I just threw all of that out the window because I knew it's a case by case basis. And I think it takes uh, interactions like how you interacted with Akpan to to see that that's not everybody, right? right. I always, I always uh, bump into people that they're like, oh yeah, I, I grew up with this, you know, Nigerian or Ghanaian or Liberian person and they weren't really interested in connecting. And then you realize that, you know, everybody, you, no matter what culture you, you bump into, there's, there's some Italians that are, you know, that have their, their own prides and egos that get in the way of them connecting with people outside of their community, right? It don't matter for the same color. It, it's right. just like, they feel like, well, you don't speak my language, you don't eat my food, you're not, you don't understand my culture, so what, what bond do we have? Right. And maybe because I was born here and I've been able to experience both sides, I've always approached it as, I know people don't know much, but let me educate them so they don't assume. Right. So I think that's part of the reason why you and Akpan got along, because he recognized that 
through his travels, whatever he's been through, he probably bumped into people that, you know, judged him before they knew him. And to offset that, he's like, hey, let me let me meet you with love. Right. Which is, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that his last name is really not, it, it's not really love. It is. It is. It's a nigga. His name is love. It was Akpan Love. That's amazing. Because I had to put his name on my visitor list. That's wild. That is wild. Oh. If I mean, if that is his family name, then he just he's living his he's living his truth. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely living his truth, dog. I mean, and at first I didn't even want to talk to him because he was like, I was like, "What you in here for?" He was like, "Somebody said I raped a child," and I was like, "Nigga," and he was like, "No, no, 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 I didn't do that." And then I was like, "Then I, I don't know," I instantly believed him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And and the nigga walked out of that motherfucker because he was innocent. He was like, "Man, I'm innocent." Mm-hmm. So when that happened for him, I was like, "Oh, I know I'm out of here." You, you raise a great point, and, and we, uh, I think that the justice system doesn't really address the amount of um, <clears throat> accused crimes that, you know, people, accused pe- people, especially people of color, uh, black men, of, you know, exhibiting certain crimes, especially sexual crimes, and then you find out later that they were all made up. Um, so... I wasn't even to touch on this topic, but since we're here, do you want to talk about like what you what yeah. you recently went through and how you went through that? Yeah, definitely, man. I got I got to talk about it because you know I feel like I got to be an advocate for those guys that have been falsely accused. Sure, my case was so blatantly. Like, I saw it unfold <laughs> on social media, and I was like, "What the f- right? I, it, what Freddie would never?" It was so it was so blatantly overtly racist, mm. like that. It was just it it, it was it's it crazy because the, it was zero evidence to indict me on. Like I said, I never had any type of physical contact with this girl at all. We never shook hands. None of that. What she accused you of? Uh, for those that don't know. For those that don't know, she um well uh she accused me of uh drugging her and having sex with her. You know what I mean? That's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Now let's tell let's 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 tell the whole story though, since we are fucking well, all mine. Absolutely. She uh now in two thousand fifteen she accused a friend of mine uh, at the time. Of, of sexual assault She went the next day After you know And you know Followed the whole procedure Went to the police Accused Rape him kid. Exactly You know They he they had his DNA All of that which, Cause obviously They had sex You know what I mean I was uh, I, I'm unclear of, of the rape Or anything like that But I'll let you be The judge of it After I finish the story Sure If you think that she Got raped But um, she uh, uh, So 10 months later, you know, after she reported him and all of that, because I wasn't even in the initial report whatsoever, she uh, saw that I was uh, back over in Europe touring. And then she went to the police and changed her story. This is her exact statement. She said that uh, I had a dream that he sexually assaulted me as well. And in Europe, a woman's statement is, I guess, considered enough evidence to indict upon. Well, it's enough evidence to indict a nigga, at least. You know what I'm saying? Because it's soccer players and all kind of shit. You know what I mean? That actually really rape people over there that's not getting indicted. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is love! Like real shit. It's like shit like that. You know what I mean? So, you know, for a black rapper, you know what I mean? And like an election year over there in that country, you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, yeah let's... It was a case. Yeah, exactly. It's like, let's put the... Let's, let's hang it this It became dude. a political tool. Exactly. Let's show, the, let's show our country that we're not going to have this type of shit. We got to protect our, our young. Especially from... People that look like him, exactly. Especially from people that look like him. We ain't about to not let no niggas come over here and rape our young. And girl. what country were you in? Just so everybody's Austria, clear, Austria, the birthplace of Hitler. Mm. Fuck Austria! I never come to y'all country again. <laughs> anyway, so okay, let's let's continue the story. So you know they she so I, uh, she so the night of the alleged incident, mm. whatever. 
she uh, went, uh, the girl went to the um, hotel room. Uh, she was accompanied with, you know, uh, my homies at the time. I, I don't know where they went or what room they went to. Was, I went to my room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that was, uh, again, on camera <laughs> in the hotel. Yeah. And I still got indicted. See, this is another thing. That's wild. Thing, even right? with evidence. Even with evidence. Peep this, though. So I went to my room next morning. Everything's cool. So when the case unfolds, it comes out that I, I bet they basically had sex with the guy. They left out of his room. Went to another guy's room, drunk wine with him, threw up on his bed because he took pictures of the vomit. This guy, now all these people came to court. She, she, he came to court. Said the two girls came in my room too. Got drunk, had wine, threw up. We did, we did too. Then they left, and then it was a, a bailman at the desk. Now this was like three thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. We got back. My show was done at like eleven thirty. We got back to the hotel around twelve. You know what I mean? Mm. Now, if you get raped around 12, 1231, you're not roaming around the hotel for three, four more hours. You know what I mean? So the bailman said around 3.30 a.m., 3.45, they came to the bail desk to get a cab. And while they were asking for, to get a cab, they asked him for his phone number. So, you know, this now to me, this doesn't institute the behavior of a woman that's been raped by anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She probably now she probably she had sex. You know, that was obviously obvious, scientifically noted. Mm. But she didn't have sex with me. And I but and I don't think she got raped by anyone. Yeah. So, you know, and I had to, you know, spend six months of my life, you know, what I mean, in Europe, in prison, in prison because of uh a phony statement and so when you were vindicated because i mean eventually correct. they they did vindicate you that you weren't involved um how did they like did they offer any sort of reparations yeah for- they gave me some reparations you know what i mean uh we had a settlement but you know it definitely wasn't what i wanted but i didn't want to even go back over there and deal with the whole yeah, I mean, that's lawsuit. six months of your life. Yeah, you can I didn't make money I, doing anything else. Exactly. I was like, man, I don't even want to deal with this. I'm just going to just take it and just, you know, and, and just move forward and just continue to speak on it. And, you know, and hopefully, you know, nobody else will get done like that. But uh, I was I was so exhausted with being in that country. I didn't even want to, like, pursue no case, man. I wanted to be here with my kids. You know what I mean? I like, I, you know, my mom told me, she was like, man, vengeance is in the hands of the Lord. So, you know, that... That woman gonna be cursed for the rest of her life. Mm. You know what I mean? I could have came back and put her name out there and, and, and slandered her. I definitely think I'm you still... handled it more maturely than than many people. Would yeah, have definitely. Been I definitely. You, and, and you know why? Because I got a daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I want to show her that all men ain't like that. And I didn't want to. You know what I mean? And I didn't want to carry around the negative energy from that bitch in my heart. You know what I mean? I got too much. You know what I mean? Too many positive things to give to the world and too much things to do than. You know what I mean? Uh, to carry that, to hold a grudge. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like up at that point in my life, I was just tired mm-hmm. of, of holding any kind of grudge. I had held grudges with people on the street, people in the music industry, rappers, old managers, all this type of shit, man. At that point, it was just like God just telling me, like, man, it's just time to just let everything go. Word. You know? And when I did that, now... Uh, you know, I've been catching so many blessings, I can't even hold no grudges. <laughs> you know Thank God. That's awesome, man. I mean, it's it's a really inspiring story. I mean, we hear all the time of people that are locked up for crimes that, I mean, even with evidence, can right. prove that they are not 
you know. Now it's now it's, it's been it's now ever since my case, it's been a, a real oh I hate to, you know, I wanna say like a, a sexual assault boom, a me too movement and all of that stuff like that. And you know what, man, a lot of these cats are guilty. So I can't stand by that's why I'm not you know, plant no flag in the ground saying, oh, man, these bitches be lying. And that's why I didn't yeah. want to come back on that because yeah. I'm not, I, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm not on that. No, I've gone, to, I, even yeah. I went to school with people that, excuse me, I went to school with kids that were accused of of violating, um, violating women and harassing women. And, you know, it, it came out, you know, years after they lost that football scholarship, right. years after they lost that academic scholarship that they, actually weren't even romantically or sexually involved with that person like maybe it was the opposite way around maybe that the girl wanted like a relationship or wanted a sexual yep. interaction and they denied it and that's yep. when the accusation that's what it was bro i mean i it's like i tell motherfuckers every day man turning down pussy is a full-time job it's it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely not easy it's definitely, definitely uh, it's easy. definitely not easy and yeah. you know but you can't yeah you can't and even knowing that yeah and even knowing that like there are definitely people that you know, I've come across that have, you know, been guilty of what they've been accused of. And you just kind of have to take every case by case. And, you know, you believe women until there's evidence otherwise. Thank you. you know what um, I, mean? and I, I always believe that. women yeah. until there's evidence otherwise. And, you know, Me too. I, th- I think it's very dangerous to to uh, pick one side. Right. I think you always have to use your critical thinking and judgment to, you know, be as informed of, of all the... Um, the possible outcomes of such situations. Right. I think you got to look at the evidence and you got to look at the history. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, no motherfucker just started raping motherfuckers that, uh, you know, this is some shit that you've been It's a doing. pattern, usually. Yeah, it's a pattern. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I tell people that all the time. Like, man, this, it's, I mean, you could just tell just how some guys treat women or how they are with women or how they handle them, period. Like, yo, I'm like, this nigga got kind of rapey kind of energy. I don't yeah, know there's a be lot around of people that, we, that I know you and I both have been around yes. that have that energy and, you know, you kind of know to stay away from that. Yeah, I'd be like, man, you know what? I don't want to be in a room. With I'm not going to turn up at this after party nah, anymore. Nah, nah, I'm going. Not with him. <laughs> nah, I don't even want to be in the room. I'm good. Nah, I'm Shit, the you. other night, I mean, we were out. I, you saw I dipped. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I feel you, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Women be raping too, man. What? Come on, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Let's it. How many times I done got, I done got up, me nigga. too? Pull up, pull up, pull Y'all done up, felt up, me up, up and stuff, and I can't even say nothing. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you tell a chick no, and she's like, Bro. Do me a favor, please. Oh. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Shit, I'm saying. And they I mean, want it by force. Bro, they, they more blatant with it, to be honest. Because they know we not going to go tell like no bitch. So no, no, they'll so they walk up to you and grab yeah. you. All kind of shit. Absolutely. On the low. That that needs to be spoken on. Because yeah. they think it's cute. You know what I'm saying? All the time. Like, I always hear about double standards, but everyone's always focused on the double standards when it's the patriarchy right. in question. Exactly. But nobody ever talks about the double standards that um, where women have you know, the upper hand. Right, exactly. And I think it's important to understand that there are both sides um, yeah. definitely benefit from double standards definitely. and both sides definitely suffer from the consequences of double standards as well. So Correct. I think it's very important for us to not dismiss men or women that, you know, come forward with their stories of how they've been sexually abused or sexually harassed, but also be cognizant that there can be evidence to vindicate them and that should be taken seriously as right. well. All day, all day. Boom. But ladies, you know, if you, you know, I'm going to keep it real with you. If I like you, you want to touch me, you could touch me. I ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing. nothing. <laughs> where the zebras at, Tunji? <laughs> Tunji, where them zebras at, bro? Zebra titties. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 
Man, Freddie, thank you so, so much for yeah, joining us, Thank you man. for having me. My brother, um, my Nigerian brother, man. It's yeah, love. I mean, you, 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 came, you came through the city and made some time for us. So I really appreciate always, you. Always, always, um, will. You miss my co-host, Bao, who's usually uh, to, to my left. But, um, you know, we usually uh, do this to really kind of bring the community together and, and, and show the African diaspora that, like, we are more connected than we think we are. Definitely. So I'm more excited to see how you connect with your West African brothers and sisters now that you know there's the connection there. I'm going over there to do a show, man. Absolutely, you should. I'm going over there to do a show. My, uh, so I'm going to take some vacation time. I'm going over there. Absolutely, you should. And not just not just Nigeria. Spend some time in Ghana, too. Ghana, all that. Time in, you I know, need to go, like, I need, like, a month in Africa. Absolutely. So, it's good that you say that. So, I usually go every year, every other year, uh, in the December, the December, like, the ho- Christmas holiday season. Right. That's, like, the most... Um, that's the busiest time where people go back right. home, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll see a lot of artists will do shows there. Um, you'll see a lot of Western artists, the J. Coles, the, yeah. you know, the Beyonce's, whatever, will go overseas and do shows during that holiday season because they know everybody that has left the country that live in the States or live in the UK are coming back home in the December months to spend time with the family, bring the new year. So if you're definitely interested in uh, doing go. shows, that's the time to go. I'm going. You know? I just want to go. I just want to feel Africa. I, I've been all over, all over the world, and I haven't been to Africa. Yet. I haven't been to China, Europe, Australia, South America. I just got back from goddamn Chile. That's wild. And I want, I want to go to Africa. Word and definitely, uh, there's a few artists that have uh, mentioned to me that they're trying to do that as well. I'm sure, like you could easily connect with like Boss and others oh, yeah. and figure out some sort of. Oh, they, they the Dreamville, rich ass niggas. <laughs> they've been, they've been taking trips to Africa. They told shit, nigga. <laughs> Word. All right. Well, tell us about um, the release dates. When does the album drop? It's, it's coming though. It's definitely coming for the summer and the spring. So it's all it's gonna be out. Amazing. Any shout outs? Man, shout out to Lambo. Shout out to Egon. You know what I mean. Shout out to Otis, Tunji. Hey, everybody, keep cool. All love. Amazing. Shout out to all the Spotify listeners, all the listeners on the other uh, podcast platforms. Those that have been supporting for a while. Thanks again to our special guest, Freddie Gibbs. Definitely look out for his project that's coming. Um, And yeah, uh, this has been a great episode. Yes, sir. We are out. Out. What? (laughs) Now, no Wahala exclusives. That's the hashtags, by the way. No Hawala exclusive. It has to have a H in it. If we don't have a H, exclusive. No Hawala exclusive. N W H. This has been a No Wahala exclusive. You know, let's even turn it up one more. No Wahala pod exclusive. This has been a No Wahala pod exclusive. Talk about it. But yes, our brother Tunde went into the Gibbs cave. Met up with the man and, you know, came with a good... I'm impressed, bruv. Sir, you opened the interview bag and you jumped inside. Sometimes... You, sir, were in your interview bag. I appreciate you. Sometimes you have to deliver... And then when you enter the bag, you reach up and you cut the zipper. You know what it's like? And do you know what you did with the zipper? Pulled it down. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm asking you... What? 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 I'm asking you... You you closed... Bag you close up. Oh, yes, I was yes, thinking yes, like because you remained I was <laughs> in the bag. Are you preaching to me, sir? But my brother, are <laughs> <sighs> me to me, but me. You know what I mean, my brother. Jesus is Lord. Amen. <laughs> yeah.